You're listening to Say Yes to Travel with your host, Sarah Dandeshi. All right, welcome back to another episode of Say Yes to Travel. I'm hopping on this week for a quick solo episode because we've got some interesting stuff that's happening in regards to international travel. Um, But definitely be sure to stay tuned because we have some amazing interviews coming up over the next couple of weeks that we are really excited to share with you. In the meantime, I wanted to go ahead and talk about what... When will we, when will international travel restart again? This is a big thing on everyone's mind. And now where are we right now? Right now we are in the middle of October and in the beginning of March, no way did any of us think that we would be here right now, still at this time where we had international travel bans that started back in March. And then certainly Europe then put, imposed a travel ban against U.S., Uh, citizens, uh, passport holders, and that's still in effect. But really, when are we going to be able to travel internationally again? Yes, you can go to certain places here and there, but, um, but on a broader scale, it's definitely curious timing because right now what we're seeing in Europe is we are seeing a second wave of the virus. It's It's pretty bad. And certainly in the U.S., you can argue that I mean, we're probably on the cusp of a second wave if the first wave ever even really kind of went away. Uh, we never really got a handle on the first wave. It's just been an extended extended thing. But also another aspect that's playing a lot into this is the elections that are happening right now in the United States. And this is not to necessarily be political at all, actually, um, but it's just understanding how we, uh, as the United States, is viewed from from the outside, and that should there, some changes go into effect now, and should there be a change in um, in who the president is in a couple of months, does that end up changing certain? Um, you know, decisions that are made now. So I think a lot of individuals, especially in regards to Europe, are looking that right now is just, it's, we kind of have to wait. We have to wait because we're in the middle of a big election in the United States. We have to wait because there is this second wave. We have to wait because what are we going to do? Open up borders right before the holidays and just literally open up the floodgates? I mean, there's so many things to to consider. Now, that being said, and I have talked about those things in the past, there is something that's really interesting that is um, still being worked on, but, uh, but it could prove to be very exciting. And it is what they, it, they're calling it a digital passport called Common Pass. And It's actually pretty exciting because basically what they're going to be doing with Common Pass is they are going to really be looking at how to standardize um, COVID-19 testing across international borders, also standardizing requirements, and, and putting into place a lot of different measures that right now are, everything is, is a bit of a gray area. For example, what we were seeing in Europe This summer, even though, you know, the European Union tried to work together to have similar protocols, it it wasn't even all the way around. And because of that, you did have this sort of wishy-washy surge in, in travel in Europe, because even though Europeans could travel 
technically in between, you know, countries within the European Union, different countries had different requirements. And so were they going to, did people have to quarantine? Did they not have to quarantine? All of that. And all of these are, are big, big factors that go into it. But, um, but Common Pass is looking to be a, a pretty exciting option uh, certainly before, you know, maybe a vaccine comes out because it's basically working on how to get all the countries together on the same page so that when people do travel, there is a standardized requirement. There's a, there's a specific test. We know the accuracy of it. And because right now it really is all over the place. So it's definitely, it's definitely, a, you know, sort of a big deal because, what is what does the future hold for us? So interesting in regards to this. Basically, um, the European Travel Commission is su- suggesting that in lieu of a blanket travel ban, which is what we currently have in place, is that they really want to find these alternative solutions that would ultimately permit more international travel from outside of Europe. Because that's really the big thing that we're seeing right now is that so many of these economies are struggling. Now, arguably, you can look all the way to the east, to China, and Right now, the information that we're getting from there is that, hey, they things seem to be on the up and up, relatively speaking, and you know, people are able to travel more freely. But of course, the way that they handled the actual virus was very different. But we are getting the feedback that hotels are full there. People are getting back out. So again, always, what can we learn from them? But then how can we, as both the United States as well as Europe, get things together so that we can make it, um, you know, more uniformed approach to getting people back out to travel. I I mean, this is, it is a really interesting time in regards to this, but I do want to talk about uh, Common Pass a lot more because it is, uh, it is pretty interesting. And a lot of people are definitely, um, uh, are, are leaning towards this. So basically, to kind of go into it a bit more, it's this digital health paths, um, and it's developed by a Swiss-based nonprofit, um, the Commons Project and the World Economic Forum, and it's currently being presented to 37 governments um, and counting. So it, they really are kind of looking at this as a way to facilitate the reopening of borders and travel right now, which is again, a very, very exciting thing. I mean, what we're seeing, we're also seeing some other things with uh, the help of COVID testing. There's actually kind of hope for a sort of air bridge uh, to be created as well too, between London and New York. They're looking to have that up and running by November, which, um, you know, is going to be right around the corner. But uh, as we can see is that countries and including our own country within the United States, we are looking towards uh, finding these alternatives on how we can make travel a safer experience uh, for consumers before a vaccine is necessarily necessarily ready. So it is a curious time, um, but I really have to say that what it's looking like for now is that borders will probably not open until next year. Uh, I think the next couple of weeks, there is so much that we will be able to, there's so much that still needs to, to kind of play out. And, um, and it, it's going to be an interesting time for sure.
Now, that being said, there are some other exciting things that we are seeing in regards to uh, international travel. A big thing right now is uh, the relationship between Canada and the U.S. Right now, Canada is looking to sort of relax a bit of their restrictions that they had. Um, Right now, there were very strict border restrictions between the U.S. and Canada until October 21st. But they're looking on loosening things Uh, just a little bit and being a little bit more accommodating to help unite families, couples, and even students as well too. I mean, uh, right now, arrivals will still be required to quarantine, but unless they're specifically granted an exception due to some sort of extenuating circumstances, but every visitor will need to apply for and receive official authorization before they can travel to Canada. In other news in international travel, really interesting is that they actually, uh, the company called Skytrax has gone ahead and put together a COVID-19 airport rating. And interestingly enough, Rome's uh, FCO, Fiumicino Airport, was awarded the world's first COVID-19 five-star airport rating from Skytrax. And Interestingly enough, only on September 1st, so not that long ago, the airport FCO opened their own COVID testing center. And uh, the testing process, or as far as in regards to their rating, they they were scored they scored points for having easy to read signage in multiple languages, strict enforcement of mask wearing, and visibly present cleaning staff. And this is a, a big deal as well too, because now we're putting airports to a certain standard. It's not just the airlines, it's not just hotels, but airports also have to have a certain standard. And so. We understand that Rome got a five-star rating, and for reference, there are only three other airports that have only been awarded three stars. So um, this is clearly a very new uh, sort of project that's rolling out. But the uh, Malaga Costa del Sol Airport in Spain, oh, so Malaga, sorry, <laughs> Malaga's Costa del Sol Airport in Spain, Nice. Uh, airport in France, as well as London Heathrow, they all have been awarded three stars for their COVID-19 response, which is definitely promising, but shows you that we are still on the forefront of this as well. And uh, also, uh, what we're seeing, and I think rightfully so, is we're finding that younger travelers are opting for much shorter booking windows. And why is this significant? Well, I mean, for anybody that understands how uh, labor and costs go and forecasting, this is challenging because what we're finding is that more and more people are booking just within two days of their trip. So what are we seeing? I mean, um, this was actually, by the way, data from IHG. So IHG Hotel Group, um, they found that 63% of Americans now make reservations at an IHG hotel within two days of their stay compared to 39% last year. So um, that's kind of like a 150 increase um, and then or 50% increase. Uh, nearly 40% of British travelers are booking in that same two-day window this year compared to a little more than 20% last year. So that's almost double for British travelers. So again, that's that's just to show that again, in this time where things are so unprecedented, we don't know what the future holds. So we don't know when we can travel. We don't know where we can travel. And then 
people are really making last minute travel decisions. Of course, moving forward, it'll be interesting to see if that trend stays or, um, you know, if we kind of go back to more longer term travel planning. But at this point, it's hard to plan ahead because we don't know. We don't know when cruises will start. We don't know a lot of things. Um, So anyway, that is it for this week. Wanted to just pop on here, give you a short little travel industry update and, and pose some questions as far as where we can see or when we will actually see international travel restarting again. Uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts. Always feel free to let us know, uh, shoot us a message. We'd love to hear if you have different thoughts on when you think international travel might restart again. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to, uh, to stay tuned because again, next couple of weeks, we have some amazing interviews lined up. Really, really great people. And um, again, just trying to help educate us all and um, get us excited about when we will travel again. And as always, continue to say yes to travel. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.